Welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Every Wednesday, we discuss all things dogs, from health and veterinary care to training and behavior science. Follow us and join Good Dog's mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Good Dog Pod. Thank you so much for tuning in this week. I'm Nicole, your breeder community lead here at Good Dog. And for any listeners that are new here, I just wanted to say, Welcome. We're so happy to have you. Good Dog is on a mission to build a better world for our dogs and the people who love them by advocating for dog breeders, educating the public, and promoting canine health and responsible dog ownership. We're a secure and free online community created just for dog breeders, and we're committed to empowering dog breeders with technology. If you aren't yet a member of our community, we invite you to learn more about our mission and apply to join at gooddog.com slash join. And as always, you can find the link to that in our show notes as well. I'm so excited to be joined today by Julie Walker, a member of our Good Breeder community. If you tuned into our previous episode of the Good Dog Pod, you'll know we spoke with Brenda Brown, a grief specialist who received her master's degree in grief counseling and in thanatology, which is the study of death and how humans cope or respond to it. If you haven't already, I would strongly encourage you to Listen to that episode after this one because she really provides some great insights based on her experiences in this field. But today we're going to be diving into the topic of pet loss and grief from the dog breeder perspective. And this interview contains some sensitive topics that may be hard for some of you to listen to, but we hope that by beginning a talk about pet loss and grief, we can hopefully make people feel less alone knowing so many of us have experienced similar things. So when I say so many of us have experienced similar things, I'm one of them. I lost my childhood dog, Cooper, who was a beautiful Maltese about six years ago now. So I'm no stranger to pet loss. He was part of our family. Some of my best childhood memories were with him. And I think I still get teary eyed when I talk about him. But even before Cooper and dealing with that experience of him passing away, I think I've always had this fear of animals, specifically dogs, dying in books or movies and having to watch it. And it was always this like very real fear for me. And I think it even goes back to when I was in, I want to say fourth grade, we were reading this book called Where the Red Fern Grows. And for anyone that doesn't know it, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Um, But basically, the two dogs die. And it's this horrible ending. It's so devastating and sad. And I remember when my teacher read it out loud to us, I was beside myself. I could not believe what I was hearing. And then we actually watched a movie adaptation of the book. And I had to sit outside in the hallway alone because I could not even watch it. I think listening to it being described to me in a book was bad enough. But then seeing it on a screen was way too traumatizing. And I feel like A lot of people can kind of relate to this sensitivity to animals and wanting to make sure they're okay, worrying about their well-being. And when it's your real life and it's your pet going through this, you feel it so intensely. And my experience with my childhood dog, Cooper, it led me to think more critically about pet loss and grief and how our society recognizes it. So I remember when he passed away, it was like a middle day of the week in the summer So I was actually in college at the time and I was interning and I just could not get myself to go to my internship the next day. I was so devastated. And I remember composing an email to my manager and 
kind of feeling a little bit silly and wondering if she was going to take me seriously and think the reason that I was calling out sick was valid. And I just remember feeling a little weird to tell her that my dog had died and I was this devastated that I couldn't go to work for one day. And it made me think a lot about our attitudes towards animals and pets and how it really has drastically changed. And I'm going to have to make another reference here. Growing up, I used to love watching Little House on the Prairie with my mom and reading the books. And I remember very distinctly, there's this scene where the family's dog, Jack, he was very much a working dog and they did love him, but he didn't ride in the wagon with them when they're making this cross country journey. And I said to my mom how weird it was. He must be so tired. Why doesn't he go in the wagon with the rest of the family? And she told me that's not how dogs and animals in general were regarded back then. They weren't really these family members that they are now. And now I think we've made such a shift since then, especially in the past, I think two to three years since the pandemic, our relationships with our pets are so strong after being trapped inside for weeks on end, working from home. For a lot of people, the relationship they've had with their pets is all they've had for a few years. And it's really fascinating to think about there's actual science behind all of this and like the strengthening of this bond with our pets. So there are a lot of theories that exist for the origins of this bond that we feel with our animals. So one of them is called anthropomorphism, which is our tendency to attribute human traits onto animals. And that's how we get this idea of knowing, oh, my pet knows exactly what I'm thinking. He can almost read my mind. And then there's actually something called neoteny, which is our love for all things that are infantile. So 85% of pet owners actually view their pet as their child. And then there's another theory, which is biophilia, which is our instinct to connect with nature and attend to animals. So there are all of these scientific elements at work, but I think more than science, it really comes down to emotion. And I think anyone who's a pet owner, regardless of what pet you have and you connect to, you know that your pets never judge you. They always listen to you. They love you unconditionally. And that's just a fundamentally different relationship than you have with a human friend or family member. And something really cool to think about, and I think we've really seen this in the past few years, is that pets can actually be social lubricants for people. So they can really help people that might have social anxiety, meet other people, and it just helps get people out of the house that might be a little more anxious. There's actually this foundation called the Human Animal Bond Research Initiative Foundation, HABRI for short, and it found that pet owners have lower blood pressure, reduced anxiety, and increased feelings of well-being. And one of their studies predicted that there's a potential $11.7 billion in savings to the U.S. healthcare system that can be directly linked to owning a pet. So they really are just strengthening not only our relationships with them, but our health as humans, which is so fascinating. And I think all of this is to say that maybe that's why these losses sting so much and so many people have experienced them to some degree. They don't have to be a pet that you personally own, but maybe it's your neighbors, maybe it's a dog or a cat that you run into every day on your commute on your way to work. And they just have some kind of profound impact on you and our lives. And it makes those losses so difficult. 
just to tie all of this back to my experience and how I started to really think about this topic, about one to two years after Cooper passed away, I was in college in my senior year and I saw this flyer stuck to a cork board at a coffee shop and it was about Cornell University's pet loss support hotline, which was operated by their veterinary school. And it really got my gears turning about this topic again and wondering what kind of hotline this could be and why it would exist. So I actually visited the hotline for a research project. I got to meet some of the veterinary volunteers and they told me some people will call in about an animal that had died that week or maybe five years ago. And some people speak for five minutes. Some can go on for hours. Some people abruptly hang up when they feel like they're done, when they feel like they've said everything they need to. And it's completely anonymous. So I think the anonymity of it was really cathartic for people who are clearly just looking for someone to talk to about it. And as I've been at Good Dog, I started thinking about this topic from the breeder perspective, because I've been so lucky to be so involved with our breeder community and this unique position that they're in. So you're bringing so much happiness into the world and you're matching puppies with these forever homes. You're completing someone's family. And it is one of the, I think, happiest jobs you can have. But there is also this potential for risk in any litter. No matter how long you've been a breeder, how many years of experience you have, there's always that potential to lose a puppy. But the really interesting thing about being a dog breeder, I think, is that you're not only managing your feelings with this loss, you are managing the puppy buyer's feeling too. And these really fragile life situations that there's no playbook on how to follow. So I'm really excited, Julia, that you're here with us today because I think you have a lot to say on this topic. So before we even dive into any of the grief and pet loss elements of being a dog breeder, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your breeding program? Sure, Nicole. Thanks for having me. My name is Julie Walker, and I have a kennel called Knucklehead Connie Corso. I grew up with animals my entire life, lived on the farm with my grandparents. I read German Shepherds in high school. I was in 4-H. I've always had dogs in my life. I officially started a kennel about seven years ago with Connie Corsos. So not new to breeding, not new to animals, but new to the whole official breeder category. But it's been about seven years. Awesome. And what was your first experience with pet loss, even if it was from growing up when you were a breeder? When was it that you first experienced the loss of a pet? Well, I've had quite a few, you know, I'm a little older. <laughs> so growing up, our first family pet was a poodle. Her name was Fifi. And for me, it was pretty traumatic because she was older. And the way she died was quite traumatic. And I guess I was about 12 years old, something like that. We didn't take her to a vet. We let her pass away peacefully. I knew she was passing away. And it was quite traumatic. It was pretty difficult moving on from that. It took me a while to deal with. The second one was my husband and I got a puppy together, and it was a Rottweiler, and he did everything with us. And he got cancer, and for a year, we gave him medication every single day in the form of a shot to manage it. And one day, he just went down quite fast. My husband wasn't home, and I had to take him to our vet. And 
they finally said there's nothing else we can do. And the vet and I and my husband finally got there, just laid on the floor and cried together, the three of us, as we put him to sleep. So I've had some quite personal traumatic times with dogs. And were there any experiences that you've had as a breeder that really stuck with you? Yeah, I would say the puppies are the hardest for me because as everybody knows, they're cute, they're cuddly, and you're bringing something into the world. So it's like I take it personally. If something happens to them, like, oh, what could I have done better? There's got to be something I did wrong. So that's the hardest part of losing as a breeder, I think. Something that I wonder must be a challenge is also dealing with your puppy buyers who probably have been having months of excitement building up, being matched with the litter. You can't really know what's going to happen until they're actually born. So what is that like managing those expectations while you're also dealing with something at the same time that's so devastating? It's probably the hardest part about being a breeder. A lot of times they've already selected their puppy. Maybe something happens and now they've bonded. Even though they haven't picked up the puppy, they maybe named it, you know, looking at the pictures and that kind of thing. And to have to make that call, it's almost like you're making a call of their personal pet passing away. Like it's really hard. And then you're still grieving yourself. So, you know, it's like double (laughs) in a sense. But most people are very understanding and they're like, no, we understand things happen that kind of thing. But I personally always take it personally. I always feel like there's something I could have done better so that it wouldn't have happened to that puppy. It must be so difficult to navigate that and just managing those expectations for other people on top Mm -hmm. of your own. And I feel like almost not enough breeders talk about it. And I think that's the same with just pet grief in general, whether you're a pet owner or a dog breeder. No one really like talks about it that much. I don't know. I don't know if it's like societally, it's not that accepted so widely, but I feel like there's just not enough conversation, especially in the dog breeder community about how draining it can be sometimes and how like mentally taxing Mm -hmm. it can be to continue going through that. Oh, I agree. Even with fellow breeders, like I was saying before, I take it personally. So to share that, I'm almost saying you know, I failed, I failed, I lost a puppy, or I failed, I lost a litter. And then I still have to grieve. So I don't like to share that with anyone. I don't know. All right, everyone, you are listening to the Good Dog Pod. We'll be right back. Good Dog provides breeders in our community with free and exclusive access to puppy contract templates and legal resources created by our team of lawyers, specifically for dog breeders. Follow the link in the show notes to access these sample contracts, legal webinars, our breeder recommended list of lawyers, and more. I read this article recently in Psychology Today by Dr. Hal Herzog, and he wrote, and this really stuck with me, that grieving pet owners or dog breeders in this case are typically not given social support that's afforded to individuals who lose a close human companion. And a lot of people report that they can't talk about the grief over their pet because they're worried about being rejected by society or shamed or feeling even more lonely. Do you feel like there has been a little bit of a shift in being able to talk about this more openly? Or do you feel it's still like a little bit of a lonely topic where you're very isolated in how you're feeling? I feel like years ago, it was sort of like more of a product. 
like livestock or that type of thing, where now is it's more of a family member and people are more understanding of it, but it's still hard. But I encourage my puppy owners or prospective puppy owners to talk about it. I tell them how sorry I am and if they have any questions to reach out to me and that kind of thing. So I think it's getting better, but I should be more of it. Maybe more support from fellow dog breeders would help as well. Yeah, that's a really great point. Do you feel like you look to other dog breeders as a support system because only they can like really understand what you've gone through? Or do you feel like it's still such an isolating experience? I think it depends upon the specific instance of what may happen. Okay, like parvo. It's a big deal to dog owners and nobody ever wants to say that their puppy's got parvo. In all my years of breeding, I've never had a litter to get parvo till last year. And we had moved to Texas where it's more prevalent than where it is, I guess, in Colorado. And so when I lost almost a whole litter to parvo, first thing I did was I shut down. I didn't know who to talk to about it or what to say or should I share this because everybody will say, oh, that breeder has parvo. You know, and then several times I had a talk with my veterinarian and I'm like, I do this, I do this, I do this, everything they say to do with your kennel, but I still got parvo. And they explained to me that, you know, sometimes it just happens. You don't know where it comes from. It's more prevalent down here, that type of thing. So I think reaching out to vet helped me in that instance, whereas I probably could have reached out to other breeders as well. But luckily I had a vet that I could talk to. That's great. Yeah. I think just even having someone like a vet who understands how prevalent something like parvo can be and they can reassure you, you did do everything that you possibly could, but you're dealing with nature and it's unpredictable and you can't always anticipate what's going to happen. So I think there is something to be said about finding comfort in people that understand what you're going through. And a vet would certainly understand that. And hopefully as more dog breeders start talking about this and feeling more comfortable, it will create this cycle that like everyone feels like they can share this story and lean on each other, which I think is something that we would hope to create at Good Dog, where we are trying to create this inclusive community of dog breeders who really lean on each other for support. And most of it occurs at beginning of life when you have all of these beautiful puppies and things are so great, but it also should occur at end of life too, because I think even more so you could really use that support. Something I've been thinking about a lot in this conversation is coping mechanisms. And for a lot of people, there's a grieving process to follow when you lose a human, whether it's a family member or a friend. And pet loss is what's like traditionally thought of as this disenfranchised type of grief because there are no rituals. And those are things that help people process and make sense of their loss. So depending on what your religion is. If you're Jewish, you're sitting Shiva. If you're Catholic, you're going to have a wake. Muslims mourn for 40 days. No matter what culture or religion, the life of the person is being celebrated and they're talked about and they're remembered. And I think maybe one of the reasons people have such prolonged grief after the loss of a pet is because there's essentially nothing to follow. You don't have anyone at your house. No one sends flowers. There's no funeral. There's no service. Even something, which I think I learned visiting this hotline, was that something as small as talking about the loss of your pet can like be such a helpful coping mechanism for people. 
or someone mentioned, I remember when I was there, they go on a walk at the same time they used to take their dog out and that helped them. So do you have any coping mechanisms that have been helpful to you? Yeah. And since you brought that up, you know, there was a time, I guess it was when I lost my first puppy. I was so confused on what to do because like our adult dogs, we take them in, we put them to sleep, they cremate them. You get a little paw print. Well, my vet does a paw print and you take that home with you and you have something memorialized. Well, when you lose a puppy in a litter, I was like, what do I do? Do I do that for every puppy? You know, what do I do? I think that's really hard. I do it differently. I think depending on the situation, I've had times where I wanted to go in with the mom and puppies and just sit there with the live puppies and just grieve with them, I guess, because the moms sometimes grieve, you know, and they're looking for their puppy. And sometimes I like to just sit in the box with them and pet them and it makes me feel better. I've had other times where I don't want to go out there. I just want to stay away for a little bit because I want to be attached to them, I guess is the word. So my husband will go and take care of them that day, you know. It just hits me different. It depends on what's going on, I guess, or the reaction from clients. I guess it's just different in every situation for me. Have you felt like talking about it? You just got to do what feels right. Yeah, totally. Have you felt like talking about it? Yeah. I talk about my husband and luckily for me, I have a husband that really loves animals. And so he's right there with me. So that helps me in a sense. I have some friends that really love animals that I can talk to. But I think it would be helpful if more breeders talked about different situations and what they do in those situations. I think it would help. Maybe even especially new breeders, you know, when you're first getting into it. Yeah. And I think something about breeding that's so interesting and really anyone's career, you really celebrate your wins and the exciting things and the things you're proud of. And you want to talk about those and share those, but especially with something like this that I think can weigh on you so much and is so part of the nature of your job, I think it would be great to also make that more of the conversation too and have that be just as important as talking Mm -hmm. about the exciting news about litters going home, the perfect matches you make with your puppies. I think it's also Mm -hmm. really great to be more honest about it. And I think Just as a whole, I think we're all having these more honest conversations about our struggles and things that we need from each other and our mental health. And I think this is definitely one of them. And I hope the dog breeder community can really benefit from it one day, like you're saying, and just lean on each other a little bit more. Yeah, I totally agree. I think it would help a lot. But I appreciate my clients. (laughs) You know, they're usually very supportive and they send hugs. And the little hearts and stuff like that. And, you know, in the moment, it helps. That's so nice. I think the relationships that breeders create with their puppy buyers are so special. And it's kind of nice to see them being there to support you. Because I feel like it's usually the other way around. And you're holding their hands yeah. the month of the dogs being in their house. And things are crazy. And it's nice to see that they're also they're able awesome. to be there for you. It's really sweet. Yes. Yes, I agree. Something I think that's really important to everyone at Good Dog is making the public more aware of everything that goes into being a dog breeder and the amount of work that dog breeders do to have healthy and successful programs and match their puppies with the right homes. And I think 
this topic is part of that journey to making people understand what it is to be a dog breeder and that you don't just play with puppies all day. It really is a labor of love and there are these difficulties. So what do you wish that people understood about when this happens to dog breeders? Probably that, you know, we're dealing with the mama dog that lost her puppy. We're dealing with clients. We may be going back and forth to the vet. You may be still trying to find out what happened to that puppy. And sometimes we need a little time to be able to explain what happened or figure out what happened. Or maybe there isn't even really a good reason why it happened. To just be patient and help us as we help you navigate the loss. Yeah. And also, thank you again for being here with us to talk about this topic that I think is a little bit difficult for a lot of breeders to talk about. And you've just brought us through your thought process so beautifully. So I really thank you for that. But I guess the last question I'd love to leave our listeners with is to any breeders or dog owners who are going through this kind of loss right now, what would you want to tell them? I want to tell them to try to navigate it best way you feel comfortable and to reach out to readers you're close to, maybe your vet like I do, a close friend that understands. Because sometimes we get caught up in the busyness of the day and to taking care of all the animals that we don't take the time to take care of ourselves as well. Yeah, I agree. I think readers put so much into their puppies and just all of the dogs in their programs and It's always good to remember to take care of yourself too, especially when you're going through this and if you're going through this right now. Thank you so much again for joining us, Julie. Thank you to all of our listeners for joining today's episode. We're so happy that we could have Julie join us and help us understand the dog breeder perspective on pet loss and grief and how to navigate it. And we hope we were able to find some comfort in this episode and know you're not alone in how you're feeling and that there are resources out there as simple as calling a fellow pet lover to tell them how you're feeling or seeking professional help if you need it. Thank you again for joining us and we will see you back here for our next episode. Thank you.